So you've heard of burnout, right? It's this like physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion that comes from chronic stress and a number of other things, but especially in the workplace. And the thing is, it can really affect anyone. It comes out of nowhere. It, it really like messes with you. Um, but it's particularly common among people who work in demanding, competitive, or like super high pressure environments, uh, especially people who work in like kind of life or death type situations. It's like that type of high pressure. Um, but obviously also significantly less important jobs like mine, where I, I, I don't know, I ship code. Um, important, but you know, nobody's going to die if I don't ship code. Anyway, that's a complete sidebar here. Uh, burnout can have serious consequences for your health, happiness, and productivity. But what really are like the causes of burnout? And why does it seem like it's getting worse and worse over time? Uh, and maybe the most important question, what can we do as a society and as a community to prevent it, to, to make it better? In this episode, I'm going to argue that burnout is not just a personal problem, which I think is how most of us think about it. It's actually a social and economic problem. It's a politics problem. It's a capitalism problem. Because I'm going to talk about how capitalism, the dominant system of production and consumption in our society, creates the conditions for burnout and makes it significantly harder to cope with. But don't worry, it's not going to be all politics. We are going to end on a pretty positive note about what we as a society can do to resist burnout and to just make it happen significantly less. Because I think it's important that as individuals and as a community, we start to reclaim our well-being while living in a capitalist world. So what is burnout? Burnout is a condition that arises when an individual experiences prolonged stress and pressure, resulting in a sense of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion. Now, this condition can manifest in different forms, including work burnout, relationship burnout, and even creative burnout. And it can affect anyone, regardless of profession, age, or gender. Uh, and the thing that I think is the most important aspect of burnout is that it has significant impact on an individual's quality of life, relationships, and work performance. So oftentimes, if you are struggling on a day-to-day -day basis in any area of your life, your, your relationships, your health, your sleep, your, your work, you're just not focused, a lot of that actually has to do with burnout. I think a lot of us like look at like, oh, we can't focus, we can't focus. And we just think like, ah, oh, why is my attention span so low. It's because of TikTok, because of video games. Like, why, why, why am I struggling? Why am I so lazy? The truth is you're actually burned out, but you don't realize it yet. So it can have a massive, massive effect on how you live your life and what you're able to do. One of the defining characteristics, and this is what makes it so scary, is that uh, it doesn't just like hit you. It's like a gradual onset. So you think that that thing you were stressing about two months ago, you already dealt with that, it's off your plate. But in actuality, like that's leading to burnout two months later. It happens that slowly. It's difficult to recognize it at first. 
But over time, these symptoms become more pronounced and they can have a significant impact on your daily life. One of the most common symptoms is the feeling of just like helplessness, hopelessness. And these things like they lead to like just a general sense of like apathy towards life where it's just like, what's even the point, you know? Like nothing's working out for me. Nothing's nothing's what I want it to be. I'm not where I want to be. I haven't achieved this goal, that goal, that goal. I hate myself. Like just a general like apathy and disdain for your day-to-day life. It also leads to a lack of desire to try to make anything better. So it becomes this like dangerous cycle where if you get trapped into it, you end up feeling depressed. You end up feeling anxious. You end up just like self-sabotaging and just like burying yourself rather than trying to face it and and try to overcome it. Other symptoms may include things like difficulty sleeping, increased irritability or frustration, physical symptoms such as headaches or stomach issues, and a general sense of like fatigue or exhaustion. And these things, they, they are really, really challenging for individuals who are under constant pressure or who have like super demanding schedules because you can't necessarily just take a break. You can't necessarily like step back and give yourself the space that you might need. But, and this is, this is the, the saddest part of this episode, as much as everything I just laid out is bad, it's actually worse. It gets a lot worse, uh, partially because of the system that we currently live in. So let's talk about capitalism here. You live in it. But do you really like get what it is and how it works? So capitalism is an economic system in which the means of production, such as factories and machines, are owned by private individuals and businesses rather than by the government or individuals collectively. In a capitalist environment, the number one priority for all organizations is to produce profit. That's the entire purpose of existing for a company. It's to produce a profit. That's it. It's just a profit generating mechanism. You put money in. On the other end, you take money out and you hope that that's more money than what you put in. All the stuff that happens in the middle, it might as well be a vending machine. Like it it doesn't matter. Uh, So you produce profit. That's why you start or run an organization. Now, this is what's the the capital in capitalism, right? It's It's a profit. Now, on the other end, that profit uh, is either taken as a distribution to all shareholders, all the owners of the organization, or it's reinvested into the organization with the intention of producing more profit. So this is, if you've got a vending machine and you know if you put a dollar in, you're going to get a dollar fifty out, you're going to stand there and just keep putting your money into it, right? Every single time you put in at least a dollar, you get a dollar fifty back. So yeah, you're just going to keep duplicating your money over and over again. Uh, that's that's what the system reinforces is I put X number of dollars in at the front, some stuff happens in the middle, and then uh, on the other end, I get a dollar fifty back. Great, I'm going to keep reinvesting into that. Um, now, one of the things that happens as a result of capitalism is due to this like prioritization of profit, the system creates a massive like downward pressure from the people at the top and the organization at the top to the workers, the laborers, the people like you and me who don't own the means of production, uh, it creates this massive pressure that forces us to constantly produce more, faster, and cheaper. This is why I say the natural end, the natural like 
next step for capitalism is, of course, to outsource all of our jobs. Like if AI can do it cheaper, faster, better in many cases, then of course they're going to do that. It's kind of silly to sit here and think like, oh no, like people have morals. People aren't the ones making the decision. It's the organization. So yeah, it, it's going to happen. That That's just the fact of the matter. Um, the system wants you to produce more faster and cheaper. And often that increases burnout because you end up working longer hours. You have super intense demands on the job. You're working more projects than you can physically handle at once. It gets really, really bad, especially in companies that don't prioritize their employees, which as an employee, you shouldn't have to wait on a company to choose to prioritize you in order to be treated decently. Uh, but that's a different conversation. So in addition to all of this, capitalism rewards those who are able to make a profit. And this reward system, what it ultimately does is it creates competition amongst the workers, amongst the laborers. Uh, you want to be the one who gets rewarded so that you can escape the system. And so you work harder, you, you put in more time, you try to be smarter. In many cases, people just straight up cheat. Like they look for every opportunity they can to end up getting that reward so they can escape the system and start running the system instead. But that creates competition amongst your fellow workers. Because if you are constantly trying to be the one out of 10 that gets rewarded, you're going to do everything you can to keep the other nine from being that person. That's going to lead to this general sense of like, we're not comrades, we're not collaborating, we're not a community. I am your enemy, you are mine, and we need to beat each other. That ultimately leads to a lack of like, um, a, a lack of community, a lack of connection leads to loneliness. It leads to feelings of inadequacy and constant comparison. It leads to insecurity and questioning whether or not you even deserve to be there. Like all of these negative feelings that we have from our day-to-day -day lives doing work comes from the system of capitalism. It's not that you are a failure. It's that the system wants you to believe you're a failure. That's real. Now, as a side benefit of all of this, for the organization, to be clear, this is not a benefit for you. This is for the organization. As a side benefit, you are far less likely to form a union or to do any kind of like collective action because these people are your enemies. They're not your friends. They're your enemies. You need to beat them. You need to be the one that beat, uh, beats the game. Now, I know, I know, I, I want to clarify this. Not every company is like this. I actually work for a pretty great company. They, they treat their employees wonderfully. The problem isn't the individual companies. The problem is that the system should not rely on the kindness of the people who run the companies in order for workers to have a decent quality of life. Like, that's the problem. It's not about whether your job is good or whether this job is bad. The system shouldn't allow jobs to be bad is, is really what the main argument is. Um, and then lastly... The lack of, and this is just like a larger question about capitalism, the lack of job security and limited social safety net, that leads to more burnout as well. Because you're constantly feeling like if they decide to fire you for any number of reasons, completely not your fault, you can still be fired. If they decide to fire you, let you go, whatever you want to call it, you're screwed. 
Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, technically you can go to another organization, but there's significantly more people looking for jobs than there are organizations hiring. So in housing terms, it's a seller's market. They can pick and choose. You kind of have to take the first thing that, that you get. So in response to this system, some people, me, I'm, I'm some people, advocate for policy changes. And those policy changes should provide more job security, create better working conditions for employees. And this would include things like minimum wage laws, unions, and the right to a safe and healthy work environment. Now, this, as a, a, a societal shift, can help counter some of the effects of capitalism and keep workers from feeling helpless in their financial situation. And they would, at least in theory, lead to less desperation in our day-to-day lives and reduce the frequency in which burnout occurs. But in addition to these changes, employers need to make changes as well. They need to strive to create an open and supportive culture that values employees' well-being over profit. They need to encourage workers to take breaks as needed in order to manage stress levels. They need to encourage workers to speak up and not feel as though their job is going to be threatened if they share that they need to take a break or step back. There needs to be a cultural shift in the the organization as well, and it cannot be just based on the kindness of the CEO. It needs to be a transparent policy that is made public so that if those policies are not upheld, scrutiny can occur. Because that public scrutiny is really the only power we have over organizations. But, and this is where we get into the personal side of this, because this is no less important. As individuals, we also need to be brave enough to prioritize our own well-being under capitalism. And this is hard because we need those jobs. We need those paychecks. We have families to feed. We have homes that we need to maintain. We have dreams that we want to pursue. And we need to be paid in order to do those things. So it is scary, terrifying to sit here and tell you you need to stand up for yourself. Quite honestly, excuse my language, gonna curse here, get the kids out of the room. That's bullshit. It's bullshit to sit here and tell you, oh, you need to just like prioritize meditation. <laughs> That'll do it. Like, no, it won't. It won't. If you don't exist in an a, a organization that is kind enough to let you prioritize or, uh, meditation, you're not gonna be able to. And you're not even gonna be able to ask about it. So I'm not naive about that. However, it is important that we as individuals look for opportunities to do the following things. Number one, set boundaries. Because when we know that we need to take a break and we know how to say no and do it in such a way that does not put our job at risk, we are going to be able to have more bargaining power. We're going to be able to stand up for ourselves more in conversation. And most importantly, we're going to be able to avoid burnout. Now, the best advice I have here is if you're in an organization that does not naturally give you this freedom, then you need to learn how to frame your ask in terms of what the organization cares about. So if generating a profit is the most important thing, if completing this specific project is the most important thing for the organization, then we as individuals need to find ways to communicate our needs in terms of how does this lead to generating a profit or completing this project? Or potentially more importantly, how does me not doing this 
take away from those things. It's all about framing, and it's not going to work 100% of the time, of course not. But it can lead to better conversations that you at least don't feel at risk for bringing up. Second thing is to prioritize self-care. Now, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but in your personal life, making space for activities like physical exercise, hobbies, relaxation, uh, uh, rest, those things are important. They can help restore your energy. They can reduce stress. The actual practice of them is valuable, uh, but they're challenging to prioritize, especially when you need to stay on top of a really, really busy work schedule. But what I want to say here, the, the piece of advice is the goal is not to change yourself. The goal of these activities of getting to the gym, of eating better, of sleeping more, of, of meditation, the goal is not to change or improve anything. This isn't personal development. This is maintenance. Because when people think of like, oh, I need to get to the gym, they immediately jump to, well, my goal must be to lose weight or my goal must be to build muscle or my goal must be to look better or whatever it is. They immediately jump to this needs to have a profitable outcome. That's the problem with capitalism is we think in terms of capitalism. We think in terms of profit. Like we're so ingrained into the system that our personal lives are run by the system. And sometimes that's helpful. It is helpful to say, well, my, I'm going to go exercise and my goal is to do this. That's helpful. In this case, when it comes to self-care, exercise's job is not to get you anywhere. It's to keep you here. It's to be present. It's to maintain who you are in this moment. The regular practice of prioritizing yourself and your needs leads to better overall mental health regardless of how long the practice is actually practiced. So something as simple as two minutes of stretching or meditation, if you can't get to the gym or if you can't sit for longer, that can go a long way because the practice is what matters. The prioritization is what matters. And then the last piece here is to ask for help. Connecting with others for support and guidance goes a long, long way in helping with burnout prevention whether it's asking someone to help you with something, talking to a therapist, or just asking friends to be a sounding board and just let you vent. Whatever it is, it's super, super important. Now, unfortunately, in our society, in our very competitive capitalist environment, this is something that gets looked down on. It's not safe to ask for help. But you still need to do it, and you need to do it every day. Because we need to make it safe, at least for ourselves. One of the big benefits of this is, yes, you get the support you need, and you can be much more clear about what you're capable of doing and what you can't. But the other benefit is that it also recreates that sense of community, recreates that sense of connection, and helps to tackle the sense of competition that capitalism has already instilled in you. Just by connecting with another person and recognizing that there are other people there who either do or could have your back. So that's my spiel on burnout. I hope that this is something you're able to navigate. I do have a question for you. And if you are listening on Spotify, you can answer this question by responding to the prompt. If you're not listening on Spotify, head over to Spotify, pull up this episode and you'll be able to respond there. The question is this, 
Tell me about a time that you experienced burnout. What was that like? It doesn't have to be long. It can be a super quick thing or it can be a longer thing. I just want to hear your experience and maybe I'll talk about it on a future episode. Thank you for being here. My name is Greg Clunas and I'll talk to you next time.